0: Today, we're starting a new series. It is called The Conversationalist. Now, I want it's kind of a long word. I understand. The Conversationalist. Somebody say conversationalist. All right. For those of you that are dyslexic out there, I'm so sorry. That was a very difficult one. But uh, The Conversationalist is a new series that we are starting. And basically, all it is is we're going through a few of the parables of Jesus, a few of the conversations that he had with people uh, all throughout the New Testament. We're specifically gonna be looking though at the parables in the book of Matthew, okay? So there is many, many parables and we're gonna be looking at a few of those. And I I don't know about you, but uh, how many of you ever had an an awkward conversation before? Come on, let let me see your hands. You're like, this is an awkward one currently, right now. This is weird, I don't wanna raise my hand. But hey, I understand. We've all had an awkward conversation before. We've all been in a weird place where you say something wrong and you're just like, ah, you wish you could just grab that word and bring it right back and throw it away. You know what I'm talking about? You've been in that situation or maybe you've been stuck in an awkward conversation with somebody else where they're just like, just, it's just a very awkward situation. Uh, you know, maybe it's a, a co-worker, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a stranger you've never met and just kind of run into each other and you do that thing in the grocery store where you're like, oh, I'm sorry, after you, and you're just like, oh, that was so awkward. I'm so weird, you know? I don't know if you've ever had that moment before, but listen, I've had many of those in my life. I've had some of them standing right here, okay? so, um, But I'm telling you, Jesus was an amazing conversationalist, and we're gonna look through some of these things, and, and the reason I love looking at these parables is because everyone loves a good story, right? Everyone loves a well-crafted story. There's just something about, a great movie that you love, right? Or a captivating book that you love to read or an emotional song that can just honestly take you into a whole nother world. It's like you actually enter into the book or you enter into the music, into the song, you enter... Uh, into whatever it is that, that you're listening to, this story that you're in, and you actually start to see yourself as one of the characters, maybe. You start to read yourself into the story. What would I do in this? And, and you almost go into this completely different world. And a good story can bind people together, all right? Music has been doing that for years and years and years. You can get thousands and thousands of people together at a concert that probably would not get along all together if you put them uh, in different situations. They'd probably have a lot of awkward conversations, but you put them all in one room and you tell a good story through music and everyone is singing the same song and enjoying each other's company. And to be honest, nothing gets me more emotional than a good 90s country song. Come on, somebody say amen out there that knows what I'm talking about. A good 90s specific country song, all right? There's just something about it. The, the country music that we have today is just not the same. It's different, all right? If you listen to country, you know what I'm talking about. In the 90s, why was it so much better? Because they told stories. The whole song would be an amazing story, and I absolutely love a good 90s country song. Think about the the best people in your life. The people that you love hanging out with. The people you love talking to the most. Who are those people? Usually those people are the people that can tell the best stories. They have the best conversations. And it's a skill, storytelling is, that not everybody is naturally born with. Some of you here today, you're like, hey, I can't tell a story for anything. I am awful at telling a story. You'd probably sound more like my four-year-old when he comes home from Mother's Day out trying to tell us what in the world happened at school today. You know how that goes. Hey. What happened at school today? Well, there was a huge dinosaur, and it was crazy. And then this happened, and over here, and then Johnny was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, why did you do that? And then, wait, but then but then th- there was a, the, the other thing where then uh, Crystal, she was saying this, and then, but I was like, no, because Johnny said, and you're like, whoa, I have no idea you're jumping from one, like, was this the morning time? Can you sequentially, in chronological order, go through your day and explain to me what happened? It's not going to happen. Maybe that's you. You just feel like you can't tell a great story. But I want to read this quote to you today. It might help you in your storytelling endeavors here in the future. The purpose of a storyteller is not to tell you how to think, but to give you questions to think upon. This is from Brandon Sanderson. He's a writer. And I loved that quote specifically because many script writers and songwriters do not always give you the meaning behind the things that they're writing, right? You know what I'm talking about. We know this because every five minutes in the movie theater, or maybe now at home, how how many of y'all still go to the movie theater, right? COVID, post COVID. Anyway, so, uh, but you're at home watching Netflix, you're at the movies, wherever it is, and your partner leans over to you every five minutes and they're saying, wait, hold on. So who is this? hold on, wait, 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 so what's going on right here? And you're like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on. That's the point, they haven't revealed that to us yet. We don't know what's happening, it's okay. Just sit in the middle of the story, let it happen to you. Don't try to figure it out, okay? But that's the point, good script writers and good songwriters, they don't always give the meaning right up front to you because that would not be exciting. stand-up comedians, they do the same thing. They tell incredible stories. That's all stand-up comedians do, the entirety of their set, is tell awesome stories. And here is a secret, in case you did not know this about stand-up comedians. Almost everything they say is a lie. Everything they say is not true. Maybe it's based off of something that happened, but for the most part, they're just great at coming up with stories based off of this loose thing that happened to somebody that they knew, second cousin, right? And they come up with the story and they craft it and they mold it. And it's a story that makes you laugh. They can make you cry. They can make you have a fantastic time. Some of the best stories though, if I had to say, I think are actually in the pages of scripture. I really do think so. There's a reason why it's the best-selling book of all time. I don't know if you know that. The Bible is, in fact, the best-selling book of all time, and there's no other book that is even close. It's captivating. It's Holy Spirit-inspired, as Pastor Tim was even saying, and it's changed the course of human history. And I also don't know if you know this. Here's a little secret about the Bible, too. Um, Not every story in the Bible is factual as well. Did you know that? Now, before some of you pull out stones and start stoning me and tomatoes and everything, like this pastor does not believe in the Bible. You no, know, I absolutely do, but give me a second. Jesus actually came up with some stories, they were called parables. And that's what we're talking about over the next four weeks are these parables, which are simply fictional stories that Jesus made up, whether based off of somebody that he knew, somebody's life. Maybe it was kind of a folklore tale and he kind of changed it a little bit. Maybe he is just so Holy Spirit inspired and he's such a great storyteller that he completely came up with it by himself. But the word parable simply means illustration. illustration. That's what it means. So anytime you see a parable in the New Testament, Jesus talking, you can know, hey, this is an illustration for a point. It's supposed to make some kind of a point. There's some kind of moral resolution that the listeners are supposed to discover. Not for him to just tell them the answer, but for them to actually discover the meaning of the story. And Jesus used this method of teaching very often. And even without giving a clear meaning to just about any of his stories to anyone, he had thousands and thousands of followers. Now, wouldn't that be amazing if you could just go around and just tell a bunch of stories, not tell anybody what they mean, and you just have thousands of people following you around trying to hang out, right? That is incredible. He is that gifted of a storyteller. So, his disciples, he's been telling these parables for a while now. And his disciples, you can probably imagine after not getting the answer to what these things mean for so long, they're starting to maybe get a little frustrated, right? Like, Jesus... Why won't you just say what you mean, right? Just tell us the answer. Tell us the meaning behind these stories. And everyone's hanging off of every single word. It's like a cliffhanger at the end of a movie. You just got to have more. You got to know how the end of Inception is. Like at the end of the movie, what happens, you know? Like does the thing stop? Does it roll over? Does it keep going forever? If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But there's all these different movies and cliffhangers you probably sat in and you're like, would somebody just give me the answer? I just want to know. And yet Jesus does not ever give an answer to the crowds. Not once, ever. He ends up giving it a couple of answers to his disciples, but they ask him here in scripture, they say, why do you speak to everybody in parables? And this is what we see in Matthew thirteen ten through 17. It says, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more. They will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Wow, what a powerful message that he gives to his disciples there in that moment. What is he saying? He's saying there have been people for thousands of years that would have given every single bit of their lives, everything that they had to be in your shoes right here, right now. To hear the things that you're hearing, to see the things that you've seen. There are prophets of old that have prophesied about this exact day that you are living in right now, standing here with me. And so you are so blessed to be a part of this. And he's saying, I hope that you understand. How blessed you are that you can see and hear and understand the things that I'm teaching you right here, right now. Jesus says a few times throughout scripture, after telling a parable, he'll say this phrase. He says, let he who has ears hear. Let he who has ears hear. What does that mean? It seems like kind of an odd phrase. Everyone has ears, right? Like we all have ears and we can all... Here, and so what is he saying there in that moment? He's saying, hey, listen, you gotta actually try to understand it. You have to have the correct posture of your heart, the correct posture of your life to be able to understand what it is that I'm telling you right now. He even said it here. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people, they don't have the correct heart posture to be able to receive the words of Jesus. He said, otherwise, they would hear, they would see, and they would understand with their hearts, they would turn to me and I would heal them but they don't have the right posture. They're not receiving my words because they think that they know it all. They're stuck in religion. They're stuck in their patterns. They're stuck in this power-hungry life that they've established for themselves and they don't really care enough to actually listen. And if they would just think about all of this training, all the scripture that they know, they, they actually knew more scripture than all of the lay people, all the townspeople that followed Jesus. And yet some of them were able to understand and these trained religious people could not figure it out. He says they just can't do it. And so I want to ask you today, do you have ears to hear what Jesus is saying over your life? Do you have the right heart posture to be able to receive a word from God? Even just this morning, Uh, there was somebody in our church that came up to me right before service and she said, Pastor, I saw a vision this morning and there was some oil going in and out of you and I just felt like this is an amazing uh, vision that I had and I just wanna pray that over you that it's just this radical love that's gonna be released from you over the people, over your family. Can I pray that over you? I said, man, absolutely. I receive that word for sure. I receive that. Let's pray. She anointed me with oil on top of my head and we're praying together and I'm receiving that. Why? Because I wanna make sure that my heart is in the right posture of receiving what God has for me. Amen? Come on, I hope that you have the right heart posture this morning to listen and to understand what it is that God is speaking over you. In Oakland, he gets upset at us sometimes. My four-year-old, I'm gonna be honest. He gets very upset with me. And Lindsay, just a few days ago, he gave me some great sermon content. So thank you, son. Just a few days ago, we were talking just like we always would. Hey, do you think that OAK would like to go to the P-A-R-K? And he was like, guys, why do you always do that? And I was like, what? And Lindsay said, what are you talking about? He's like, you always talk in code so that I won't understand what you're saying. (laughs) And I said, yeah, we definitely do that so that you will not understand what we're saying. You're absolutely right, son. And so we kept talking in code and he was getting frustrated about it. And we're like, well, we don't want you to understand. We don't want you to really understand this yet because you know, you're too young and we're trying to talk and have a mommy and daddy conversation. Uh, but here's the deal. As he matures and as he grows up, He's a Mother's Day out right now, but he's about to be in kinder. He's about to go to first. You know, he's going to learn his letters and his words, you know, real quickly, okay? And as he gets to that point, parents, you know, you're going to do it for the last time where you say the P-A-R-K, and he's going to say, oh, park! You want to go to the park? Let's go to the park! And you're going to be like, well, I guess that's it for that, you know? Can't use that tactic anymore, so... Here's the deal as he grows up and matures he will be able to understand the code in which we are talking as you grow and your walk with God your ability to hear and to understand what God says will Increase, Amen. As you grow in your heart posture and you say, Lord, I just want to receive whatever it is that you have for me. As you're in your word, as you're reading, as you're praying, and as you're coming to church, worshiping God, worshiping him throughout your life, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday. Come on, I believe that God is going to speak to you, but you're going to be able to hear it a little bit better. Come on, somebody say, amen. Come on, I want to hear God's voice better in my life so that I can fulfill the destiny and plan that he has for me. The best part about it is that God wants to speak to you. A lot of people think God didn't want to talk to me or that he's distant. He's not talking to me. God wants to talk to you and he is talking to you, but we just have to have the right heart posture to hear it and to see it. And I think personally that we're the most blessed generation that's ever been. And I know, yes, we live in kind of a messed up world, but here's the deal. We have the ability to read the actual words of God in the Bible, in context. With 2,000 years of men and women of the faith going before us that have been able to give context and commentary on what those words mean. We have that now. It's on your phone. You don't even have to have a printing press anymore. You can, it's right here on my iPad. I can look up the very words of God. And I just don't, I want us to take a second and make sure that we realize how blessed that we truly are to have that. There are people in other countries even right now that would die to be able to have just one page of Jesus' words. I've heard of people that have died because they have smuggled in Bibles into the country. And there are missionaries here in this place right now that would be able to tell you stories of people that have been killed for their faith simply trying to bring in a Bible into a country that would not allow it. So if you're not reading and understanding, if you're not able to hear God's voice in your life, if you're not able to read God's word and understand what's happening there, listen, I would say check your ears, right? Are these things working? Michelle said that, right? Like, are these things working? Check your ears. Why? Because if you have a genuine desire to get to know Jesus, if you have a genuine desire for his word and for prayer and for living your life the way that God wants you to, I believe that he will unlock your ability to hear what he's saying and to understand it even more. And I I always thank God that I do live when I do, not because this world is perfect, right? but because Jesus has died for me and he has been raised from the dead. Amen? Like the people, you know, three, four, 5,000 years ago did not have that. They did not have Jesus. They had prophets prophesying about Jesus. We just heard about this. Jesus saying, hey, you don't even understand how blessed you are. You don't even get it. I wish that you would understand that that you have the ability to now be with me and to hear the words coming out of my mouth that are going to change the course of human life history. And listen, I'm not in an old covenant anymore either. Jesus changed everything, right? We're not in this old covenant where you have to do animal sacrifices and we have to atone for all of our sins in this very laborious way. No, we don't have to do that anymore. Jesus went to the cross and it was by his blood and by his stripes that we are healed, that we are saved. And now we have direct access to the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now we have been set free by the grace of Jesus. Come on, can somebody give God some praise this morning? because that is something to get excited about. We've been set free. We're not a slave to sin any longer. No, 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 that's not how we live. We're free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so I wanna introduce you to our very first parable very quickly. We're gonna go through this one kind of fast because I wanted to set the stage for the rest of these next four weeks as we walk through these together. But I wanna show you what I mean by introducing this first parable. The Pharisees were questioning why Jesus' disciples were not fasting when it was customary for the disciples to do so. They asked him, why aren't your disciples fasting like John's did? And this is what he says. Matthew nine sixteen through 17, our first conversational parable. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Pastor Tim and the team, you guys can go ahead and get ready to come on up. We're gonna worship here at the end. We'll take communion together as well in just a moment. But you read this, right, it's up on the screen, you know, you can see it, and you're like, all right, cool, wine, all right, cloth, I understand those things, I kind of get the general idea, but I totally don't understand the meaning. I don't really totally understand the point of this parable. Well, let me give you a little context, all right, so in ancient times, wineskins were simply just the containers that they would pour wine into, And if the skins had already been used before, they expanded during the fermenting process. During fermentation, they would expand. And so new wineskins needed to be used for new wine because if you put new wine into an old wineskin that had already been expanded, it would burst. And then now the wineskin is ruined and the wine itself is now ruined. Party foul, right? Not allowed to do that. Come on. So... Hey, so I still don't understand, Pastor Trevor. I don't get it, all right? Like, yes, I understand the general idea that you don't want to ruin the wine, you don't want to ruin the wineskin. I get the practical side of it. And this is where Jesus would say, let him who has ears hear. Good luck, right? (laughs) And that's what he would do. That's it. So if I wanted to be like Christ, I would just say, all right, let's stand and pray and have a good day, you know? That's what I would do. But you know what? We're so lucky, right? that we have the ability to have the context and we have the ability to know exactly what it is that Jesus meant by this parable here. It is simply that Jesus changed everything. If I could sum it up into one phrase, what does this parable really mean? It means Jesus changed everything and he continues to change everything. He is the new wine. The gospel message, the good news of Jesus, that he had come to to live and to die, to live again. That is the new wine that's being poured. You see, these Pharisees had been stuck in these old traditions for so long, but Jesus was breaking the old wineskins, He's saying, listen, you've used these wineskins for so long, these traditions, these man-made religious systems that you've built that I certainly didn't build you built these listen i'm not going to fit in your box pharisees i'm not going to fit in the same system that's been but i'm bringing something totally new i'm bringing i'm totally changing the game we're going to have a new wine skin and a new wine The new wine is simply the message that the kingdom of heaven is here. Jesus went all throughout his ministry saying that the kingdom of heaven is upon you. That's amazing. I love that. What does that mean? It means that, hey, listen, I'm bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth. Jesus, fully man, but fully God, decided to live here on this earth and to bring a little piece of heaven down here to share with us what it's going to look like, maybe one day when we get there, he changed everything. Every system, every every tradition that they'd ever had, he was breaking all of it, and and they couldn't understand. Like, why aren't your disciples doing what they've always done? He said, because they're different. I'm different. You don't get it, and they didn't have ears to hear. There's so much truth in this parable, but I just want you to remember that one phrase is that Jesus changes everything because religion as we know it is not something that Jesus is interested in. Religion as Western Christianity or whatever it is that you want to call it is not something that Jesus, I think, would be personally interested in. Why? Because religion is a rule book. It's man-made traditions. It's hypocritical at times. It's legalistic in nature, And it keeps us on this cogwheel of trying to earn our salvation through doing good things and feeling better about ourselves and making sure we're at church every Sunday and how are we doing and how does everybody think that we're doing, right? Jesus doesn't care one bit about any of that. He came to change the way that we interact with God himself. And now instead of this massive Old Testament law, what do we have? Love God and love others. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, right? He changed everything. Instead of paying the price for all of our sin with death, which is what the Bible says that we deserve. What does it say? The wages of sin is death. Now, how many of you sin in this place? Come on, all of us, every single one of us, me included. And the Bible says that we all deserve death, but if it wasn't for the grace of Jesus, that came down, he came down and died for every single one of us. And now we get to live in the new covenant. We get the privilege and the opportunity to live in a new covenant of grace with Jesus. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna speed through that. I want you to sit on that for a second and think about it and chew on it for a minute, that you're truly blessed to be sitting where you're sitting right now. You're truly blessed to be able to stand up and worship with this amazing worship team along with so many other like-minded believers in this place. Man, there's people all around the world that would kill, they would die to be right here, right now, able to do what we're doing. And that's why I want to take a moment to have communion this morning. We, we sang this song, Son of Suffering. And Jeff, would, would you mind grabbing me one as well, sir? I think there's one right there next to you. Thank you, man. We talk about new wine, right? Jesus, the gospel message is the new wine. And right before Jesus went to the cross, he had the last supper. And he took all of his disciples into this upper room and he broke some bread and they got some wine out. He said for the body or for the bread, he said this is my body that's broken for you. Take and eat it. And then he says, this is my blood which is poured out for the sins of all mankind. Even his disciples didn't really understand it at the moment. They didn't get it. They didn't get what was happening. But we know now, don't we, right? That Jesus, by his grace and his mercy and his radical love for us, chose to be the sacrifice for our sin so that we didn't have to be the sacrifice ourselves so that we didn't have to sacrifice animals or or do any of this stuff anymore. This, This Old Testament law that had been honestly holding them down for so long, Jesus came and he said, you know what? I'll be the sacrifice. I will substitute myself. So as we drink today of this probably Welch's grape juice, I want you to think, this is the new wine of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I want us to be so grateful and thankful and really truly praise Jesus for what he did for you and me on the cross. Because I believe honestly that when we come to him, we say, Jesus, will you forgive me? I've sinned against you. I need forgiveness in this place today. Maybe that's you. I know it's certainly me. I'm always in need of forgiveness. When you come to him and say, Jesus, will you forgive me? He says, What are you even talking about? It's already gone. It's thrown as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says he doesn't even remember it. You remember it, and I certainly remember it, right? It's hard to forget, but the Bible says God doesn't even remember it. He throws it so far away, it's like it's not even there. We don't even comprehend that level of forgiveness. We don't even understand it. And yet that's what Jesus offers you and I today. Would you stand in this place with me today? I want you to take a moment just with whoever's around you. If you have a family member or a friend, somebody that's standing around you, our team's just gonna be playing lightly in the background and I just want you to, Take a second and remember Jesus and his sacrifice for us. As we are starting going into this Easter season, take the bread and take the cup on your own time. Say a little prayer with somebody standing next to you. And in about one to two minutes, we'll come back and we'll worship a little bit as we praise Jesus for what he did for us. Amen. All right, go ahead. Listen, I believe that God wants to do something powerful in each and every one of your lives. It starts with putting yourself in the right posture to receive what God has for you. And this is the start of that for some of you today. Some of you haven't had this open stance of receiving in a while now. Maybe you've never been open to what God might have for you. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus before. And i want to give you the opportunity to do that here today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just wanna ask, hey, is there anybody in this place today? I would say, Pastor Trevor, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to get right with God. I know that I've been sinning. I know that I'm a sinner, I've messed up. Maybe you've gone back into that same pattern of sin time and time again, or, or maybe you've known Jesus before but you just You know, you're just now getting back into church maybe. You're just trying to find your way or I don't know what that is for you. Maybe you've never been to church before in your entire life and this is your very first Sunday. And you just feel something tugging on your heart saying, there's something here. I've got to say yes to this Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. If that's you on the count of three, would you just raise your hand and look up at me. And then you can put your hand right back down one two three is that you in this place today come on i see you way at the back yes sir i see you right here in the middle yes i see you over here come on is there anybody else yes right here i see you guys come on is there anybody else wants to say yes to jesus wants to open your heart's posture to receive today come on that's amazing we have about six to eight people i believe today saying yes to jesus in this place come on can we give god praise for a second yes come on And let's pray together, let's pray, come on. Father God, I thank you for every single person that's in this house today that's saying yes to you, every person that maybe is strong in their faith today and it's just a reminder of your goodness, Jesus. I pray for every person that is saying yes to you, that they would be able to walk this thing out, God. They're not gonna be perfect, they're still gonna fall every once in a while, they're still gonna mess up, but Lord, we know that there is grace that covers every sin and so father we are just so grateful that you are here that by the power of your holy spirit we do not have to live in defeat but we can live in victory in jesus we can claim the blood of jesus over every situation over every problem over every mountain over every giant in our life god we claim the blood of jesus we claim the body of jesus today and lord we say thank you for dying for us thank you for giving yourself for me for my family, for our church family, for this world, God. We love you, Jesus. Come on, can somebody give God praise in the house of God today? Why? Listen, Jesus is not coming back for a dead church, people. Jesus is coming back for a church. That is alive, that is living, that is thriving, that is worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. So come on today, let's throw away the old wineskins. Come on, let's put on a new body, create in me a clean heart, and let's worship Jesus today like we know what He did for us. Come on, let's worship Jesus today. Because your cross is my freedom, your strife my healing All praise King Jesus Glory to God in heaven Your blood still speaking Your love still reaching All praise Sing all praise All praise King Jesus All praise All praise, King Jesus, Glory to God forever, all praise, King Jesus, all praise, King Jesus, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God forever. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, you know, Jesus told many stories and a lot of them were made up fictional stories. But there is the truth of Jesus that is unshakable, that is never changing. And that is the truth that he did die for you and he loves you so much, he cares for you. And I don't know what story you're writing for yourself right now, but I guarantee you, if you let Jesus write your story for you, it's gonna be way better. He's the best storyteller there ever was, amen? Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, if you're new, please follow out connect card. Join us at the welcome party. I'd love to meet you personally with my wife. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. We'll see you next week.